Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello world and welcome back. Today I am so excited to share with you um, today's episode because it's near and dear to my heart. I just recently celebrated 10 years of being a mom and you're probably like, what Hannah? Well, (laughs) my little girl Skylin just hit double digits this past weekend and birthdays to me um, are a time for reflection. And it's not just my birthday that's a time for reflection, but it's a time for reflection on my kids' birthdays as well. Just to look back on baby pictures and things that they did over the years. But this birthday was especially um, interesting to reflect on because I think for me personally, It was a time of God just revealing some things about myself. I saw my daughter as I looked at her joy and excitement about her little surprise celebration that we threw for her. Um, Just watching the young lady that she is becoming. It's like, wow, man, she's hit preteens and you know it's coming time for me to have that conversation with her yes I know some of you out there saying you ain't talked to her about that yet no I haven't I've been procrastinating she's my baby it's just a hard conversation to have I know it has to be had um it's overdue we actually started to talk about it uh we were watching the babysitters club and there's a episode where one of the main characters saw her cycle And Scotland's like, why does she have to run to the bathroom? And so it was an opportunity for me to start talking to her. And I did. I, you know, I went ahead and I started sharing with her what happens to a woman um, or to a little girl when she's becoming a woman. And, you know, Scotland's response was like, ew. And I was like, yeah, ew. And kind of changed the subject. (laughs) Yes, you guys, I punked out. I punked out big time. But I did purchase um, the American Girls book. I believe it's called The Taking Care of You. And so in the the book it talks about you know um getting your cycle but it talks about a whole bunch of things about hygiene and everything so i've been reading the book to her and when we get to that chapter um that is when i'm going to have the big talk and i'm going to have the little ever ready pack which is what my mom refers to it as with all of the little supplies inside of it and have the discussion with her because i want it to be a special moment i want it to be something that she can remember but um Aside from that, aside from just thinking about the fact that, dang, it's time for me to have that conversation with her, um, I've also just been thinking about other things. You know, Skylin is getting older, but she is in that tricky phase um, of being in between still being little, little girl um, with playing with baby dolls and Barbies and everything and then becoming a preteen who is into technology and wanting a phone and watching YouTube videos. And it's just like, it's this awkward space, you know, that she is in and that she's learning to navigate. She's learning to navigate through her feelings. Like we've talked about managing our emotions. There's times that she's like super, super upset with her brother. And then there's times that she loves him. And it's just like, oh my gosh, girl, we need to get this together. (laughs) You know, and she's navigating these things and I'm learning to navigate it because it is completely different to navigate on your own yes I am a woman I have gone through puberty I know what it feels like to go through these emotions but everybody goes through it differently we all have different experiences with our emotions and so here it is I know how I handled or maybe poorly mismanaged at times my emotions when I was that age but now I'm watching my daughter go through it so I'm learning to you know have empathy 
so that I can relate and I mean, or that I can relate to her and be like, okay, I know what it feels like to not know what to do with your emotions. But then as a parent, I am trying to teach her like, hey, you really need to get this together. Like, I understand it's all over the place, but you got to get it together. You can't just be throwing pillows and toys at your brother because he's singing a song like, girl, what for real? (laughs) You know, so it's trying to navigate through all of these experiences, navigate it as being a mom, navigate it as in, you know, trying to be sensitive to her. It's just it's a whirlwind. And it's like, man, you really did not come with a manual. (laughs) I really need to figure out how to do this. And and yes, I can seek um, advice from my mother, from my other um, mom friends who have daughters who have already gone through this phase. A lot of times they don't even really help me with that because they're like, oh, girl, it don't get better. I'm like, are you serious? They're like, Hannah, did things get better with you and your mama? I'm like, oh. Oh, my goodness. I'm not 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 looking forward to traveling this journey. I mean, I am. But it's just like, ooh, this it has to be a better way. Somebody please help a sister out. Um, But not only have I been reflecting on that, I've also been reflecting on the fact that I have a huge responsibility of being her mother. And I've said it before, um, I think in a, a post on one of her birthdays that Uh, although I am her mother, she is my teacher because she teaches me how to mother. You know, both of my children do. Both of them teach me how to be a mother and how to mother them, you know, um, because they are two individuals. They came from the same parents, but they're completely different in so many ways, you know, and especially with my daughter, I am her first role model. And You know, at times I think I may not have taken that responsibility as um, not I don't want to say not as serious as I should. I don't think that I am always consciously aware of my responsibility of being a role model to her, because the other day we were going into Publix and the kids love standing on the scale at Publix. And it's funny, I have to share this with you, because every time we go in, AJ's like, mommy, I want to check my height. And I'm like, baby, no, no, no. That checks your weight, not your height. (laughs) You know, so it's like a little funny thing. But um, so they got on the scale. And this time when Skylin got on, I think it says she was like 65 pounds. And the last time we had went to Publix, it said that she was like 63 or 62. And so my child turns to me and she says, mommy, is is that good? Is it okay for me to weigh 65 pounds? I'm like, girl, what? (laughs) Wait, what a second. What are you talking about? Why are you even concerned about your weight? Like to me all this time, I'm like, oh, you guys just like standing on a scale and, you know, seeing how, cause they thought it was a height thing. Like, oh, I'm getting bigger. But that bothered me that my child was concerned about putting on like three pounds, like what? And so I had to check myself. Like, have I been talking around her about weight or about being fat that now she looks at this as negative and it's just like oh Hannah the weight of your words like she's watching you and it's hard because I I'm just gonna be transparent that's that is how I am on this podcast um I do struggle with my weight you know I've shared my health journey with you all before and it is very important for me to manage my my weight and you know to exercise regularly you know it's not just about oh trying to look a certain way which that's a whole nother thing in itself I think that's a whole nother episode that I really have to like dive into this whole 
body image, weight management, health thing with you guys to really share my story with you. But in regards to my daughter, I don't want to be another voice in her head unintentionally, you know, that you have to be concerned about the way that you look or that the how much you weigh, because that doesn't signify um, signify how um, how healthy you are. You can be a skinny, petite, unhealthy person, just like you can be a heavier set, very healthy person. You know, it your weight doesn't have anything to do with that. Well, I won't say it won't have anything to do with that because you doctors out there are probably like, "Um, no, Hannah, I disagree. I get it. There's a a certain point that it does. But I'm just saying like a number on a scale does not signify how healthy you are or if you are even healthy. And so for my daughter to be concerned, like, oh, wait, it's saying I'm 65. Last time it said I was less than this. Like, mommy, is that okay? Is it girl? Yes, it's okay. You are growing, you know? Um, and so in that moment, I realized like she, she got this from somewhere and I definitely don't want that to be from me. And I need to watch my words. I am her first role model. I am her first teacher. It is great for her to have, you know, people that she aspires or admires from afar, but these people don't live with her on a daily basis. Her mother does. So, and if anything, I should be the standard of the other people that she is admiring. Like, this is my mom. So, like, I should be looking for other people that also carry the same characteristics um, of my mother, you know. And that is how I think sometimes when we fall short or we, you know, and we mess up, you know, um, I make mistakes. But I have to make sure that when I make those mistakes that I go back to her and be like, hey, if you heard mommy say such and such, like, that's not a good thing. And I, I had one of those moments with her when I had to share with her, like, you know, mommy has insecurities too. You know, uh, Skylin sometimes lacks confidence when it comes to school, especially when she gets something wrong. And so I have to tell her, hey, it's okay. You know, um, you, first of all, you learn different. It takes you a little bit longer to do your work than it does for other people. And that's okay. Like I've taught her this mantra to look at herself in the mirror and say, it's okay to be me because this is the way God made me to be. But at the same time, God has said to me, Hannah, you're telling her to say this about herself, but you need to be saying it about you too, because you have insecurities about who you are and accepting and embracing who you are. How are you going to teach her to be fully confident in who I have created her to be when you are not fully confident in who I created you to be? And I'm like, dang God, like seriously, this birthday Her turning 10, I think, was just a reflection of me just sitting and realizing that she is me. Like, she is my mini-me, and I truly believe that God has placed her in my life to be my mirror, my reflection. For me to look at her and to see, like, hey, because there's times that I look at Skyland and I see stuff of, um, of myself that I'm like, yeah, girl, you got that from your mama. Yes. And then there's other things that I see that I'm like, ooh, uh -uh, uh-uh, mm we we gotta we gotta fix that (laughs) you know and it's just like ouch because I'm looking at myself it's just like you can't get mad at her for acting like that because 
that's something that you did or that's something that you still do and you need to correct. So once you corrected, you correct her because honestly, y'all, I am not a fan of that saying, do as I say, not as I do. Because first of all, that is not Bible. That is not biblical in any sense. Jesus did not tell us do as he says, not as he does. No, Jesus set the example. He was like, I want you to do what I do. This is what I'm commanding you to do. And I'm doing it because I'm showing you that it's possible to be done. And so for me, I got to take up that same thing. I have to, you know, go ahead and lead by example. I have to show my daughter it is possible for you to manage your emotions. Like she's always telling me it's hard, mommy, because AJ is so annoying. And I'm like, I understand that, Skylin, but sometimes you're going to have annoying people in your life or you're going to have people in your life that do things that you don't want them to do. But you have to learn how to push past that. It's not just about you. It's not just about your feelings and how you're affected by it. You can ask the person to stop or you can walk away from the situation, but you can't just lash out, you know? And so that's something that I have to, be consciously aware of because even with my children right when they do something wrong or when I've had to talk to them about something over and over and over and over again um I get frustrated you know I I get frustrated it's it starts to bother me I can feel my anxiety raising or I'm rising and then sometimes if I don't manage my emotions I'll yell at them like how many times I gotta tell y'all to do this And then I have to catch myself like, Hannah, there's a better way because yelling at them is not going to change it. It's just going to make them, you know, frightened. It's going to make them scared of you. It's going to make them remember that mommy was always yelling. Like, is that the way that is that the legacy that you want to leave with your children about you, that you were always yelling at them? You were always fussing at them about stuff. No, that is not the legacy I want to leave with my kids. No, that is not how I want my kids to remember me. So I have to work on managing my emotions when they start to bother me. I'm like, oh, and I'll and I'll say to them, I'm like, okay, listen, y'all are really working my nerves right now. And I am doing my best to manage my emotions to not yell at you. We need to have a coming together. Come on, let's discuss this. Like I seriously come to my children like that now because I am really trying to be intentional with how I manage my emotions and how I respond to them because I realize that the way that they respond to each other is how they have seen me and their father respond to them or maybe me and their father respond to each other. You know, like we don't yell in front of the kids. There's a couple of times now that we have had disagreements in front of the kids, but we try to practice all the time not to do that because we don't want our kids seeing that. At the same time, though, I do think children need to understand that couples do have disagreements, just like how siblings have disagreements, but it is a way that the disagreement can happen. There doesn't need to be shouting and yelling, you know, at each other because I've had conversations and I know I'm sidetracking real quick, but I just felt to the need to plug this in because I've had conversations with um, my girlfriends who they never saw their parents argue. So when they got into a relationship or into their marriage and they were arguing, it was like, "Uh uh-uh, this ain't, this is not how this goes. You know, like nobody told them like, hey, couples do argue from time to time, you know, and then I'm a product of seeing your parents argue all the time, pretty much on a day to day basis. And when I got early on in my marriage, whenever we would argue, I was thinking the worst, like this is going to lead to divorce because my parents are now divorced. And I had to realize, no, yes, couples do argue, but it does not mean that they're going to get a divorce. You have to learn how to do that. 
So, and it's the same thing with, it's like, that's what I'm talking about with children, you know, it's, it's what they see. And so if they see, you know, their, their parents arguing with each other and not managing their emotions well, or not talking um, to each other well, or even when the parents are talking to the children and they're just yelling at them, not having a calm conversation. Like this is a little person. Yes, they are a child, but they still deserve to be respected. They still deserve to be spoken to in a considerate and compassionate way. And so when we are not consciously aware of those things and we're just lashing out on them, then they mimic what they see. So when her brother gets on her nerves, she'll lash out. I may not throw a pillow or throw a toy at them, but the the raising of my voice or I got into this habit now where I didn't want to raise, but I was trying to get their attention. So I would clap. And then AJ told me the other day, he was like, mommy, when you do that, that scares me, which I can understand. Cause if it's quiet in the room or you're not, even when, if you were to hear something fall, it will startle you. So I understood like, oh, I'm creating fear into my child. I need to break that habit you know so these are just the many things that I have been reflecting on about this but with her especially I'm like this is this is my opportunity to really mold her into who she is supposed to become which is why it's very important for me to be seeking God's direction and his guidance on the way I should train her up. Um, I think that's also something else that's not really dived into in regards to the scripture that says train up a child in the way that he should go so that when he grows old, he will not depart from it. And yes, uh, it is talking about training up the child in the word of God so that when they grow old, they won't depart from it. They'll keep it in their heart and know how to call upon the Lord. But I also think that that scripture refers to the fact of training up a child in the way that, that God wants them to go as far as their assignment is concerned. And I I've been reflecting on this a lot, um, as well, um, during this time, you know, of just watching her get older is the fact that, you know, Skyland, she she right now is just like, mommy, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I'm like, girl, you got time. It's OK. You know, but she has, you know, she has made mention about wanting to be a helper. She's made mention about at one time she wanted to be a tree doctor because Skyland is all about the environment. It hurts her heart whenever she sees trash or litter on the floor. She's like, why do people do that? Why don't they just throw it in the trash can? Don't they know they're hurting the planet? So, I mean, all these little things that she has. And then she's very creative. She loves art. She loves drawing. She likes writing stories. She likes singing songs. Like she's very artistic. That is her thing. And I don't know what all of this means. You know, I don't know exactly where she's supposed to go with this, but I know that all of these gifts and talents or interests that she has has to do with the fact of what God has placed inside of her for her assignment in this world. And so I have, you know, I just have to go to God like, God, how do I help cultivate this? You know, how do I help her, you know, how do I help train her up in the way that she should go in discovering who she is supposed to be and discovering her assignment? You know, so that that is one of the things that I've also been focused on because I can't I want to be very careful not to put what I think she should be doing on her. You know, I had this conversation with Anthony the other day and um, we were talking about, you know, um, just ourselves being having a vulnerable moment. Uh, but the conversation 
led to talking about how when you are a child, you know, your your parents, they speak greatness over you. Uh, well, for me, one of the things that I was constantly told was that, you know, you can be whatever you want to be, whether it's a doctor, a lawyer or, you know, um, or judge or whatever, you know. But if there were always like these main three occupations that were constantly spoken around in my house that outside of those things, I didn't know that there was a world of possibilities. Like I am a um, program advisor uh, at a college. And if you would have told me when I was a little girl that that's what I was going to be when I grew up, I would tell you, no, you're wrong. Because from the age of five, I said I wanted to be a doctor. And then it wasn't until I got into high school, into the 12th grade where I had to take forensics that I really fell in love with like, um, crime scene investigations, but I did not want to be a crime scene investigator. I did not want to, I realized that as much as science was cool and all science necessarily wasn't my strength. And I fell out of love with math when I hit algebra. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of hard to be a crime scene investigator if you're not really in love with science and in love with math like that. Um, and so I decided that I wanted to go into law instead because I could be the attorney who argues the crime. But again, I really think that that train of thought came from over the years just being told like, hey, you could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor, you could be a judge, you know, you could be. I was never it was never open to me about other things, you know. And I even remember I was talking to this math professor and the way that they broke it down to me about math. And I'll tell you this, like this, I, w I told them, I said, I wish you were my math teacher back in high school, or I wish you were at least my math teacher in college to open up my mind to this because I would have thought of it so totally different. But they said that all math is, is problem solving. It is to open up that critical thinking piece in your brain for you to critically think about things math you know because you'll you always hear people say oh algebra um you'll never use it it's not the fact that you're going to be using x and y's and trying to figure that this out in algebra it's the fact that algebra gets you to open up your critical thinking how do i find the solution to this problem and in every area of life you need critical thinking you need to problem solving skills if it would, it would have been broken down to me like that, it would have been very helpful. But anyways, I feel like I am going off on a tangent talking about school and everything. My point being that um, I feel I, I do realize that I am where I am today because this is where I am supposed to be. Uh, it may not be where I thought I would be. And I may think that I'm supposed to be, you know, a little bit further along. But I truly believe that God has this big blueprint with all these different detours. He's like, yeah, she's going to go down this way. But I built in this detour already for her to get here. Like nothing surprises God. God already knows the end before it began. So he knows exactly where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there. For me, it feels like a detour. Like, oh, man, if I would have did this, I would have been here. No, no matter what I would have did over here back in, you know, 2001, I still would have ended up where I am now because it was built in the plan. Like I was supposed to marry Anthony. I was supposed to have Skylin and AJ. Like all of this was supposed to be a part of the plan. It didn't surprise God. It changed for me. It changed my trajectory because I can see but so far. But with God, he's like, I see all things. And so I know where I need you to be. I know where I need you to do. And sometimes when I tell you to go left, you go right. And that's okay. I've already built a detour that's gonna get you back on this path. That's my feelings. That's that's what 
I truly believe. And I base that, like I said, off of the word of God that tells me that he knows the plans that he has for me, which is why, you know, as much as I may plan, the Bible still says many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the will of the Lord that will prevail. So if his will prevails and he knows the plans that he has for me, then God is like, girl, this is where you're supposed to be. I need you to get over all of that past hurt, over all of that rejection or what you thought you missed out on and believe where you are now. And this is relevant to me being a mother because of the fact that I have to train my children up knowing that, yeah, mommy didn't always get it right. Mommy isn't always perfect, but mommy is confident in who she is because of who is the one who holds her life, the one who is ultimately in control, and that's God. And I feel like during this time of um, reflection about my daughter, these are some of the things that God has just been speaking to me about in regards to her. He's like, Hannah, if you don't want her to struggle at the age of 38 with the insecurities and you know um, all the things that you deal with now, if you don't want her to go through it, then I need you to get free yourself of you i need you to get out of that and to truly trust in me so that you can teach her how to trust in me you know like you have to walk this out because she's watching you she's listening to you she's hearing what you're saying and if you're speaking negatively about yourself and she hears that when you come to her and tell her to believe in herself how can she really believe in herself when in her mind she's like but mommy you don't believe in yourself Mommy, I hear you talk bad about yourself. So it makes me look at myself and look at all of my flaws, too. And I'm like, dang, God. And it's hard. It's hard to hear that. But I realize that for my daughter's sake, I really have to work on me. I really have to get it together because I want her to grow up to be a confident woman in God. I want her to believe that she can do all things through Christ who strengthens her. I want her to believe that she is the head and not the tail, that, you know, she is above and not beneath. I want her to know that she is fearfully and wonderfully made and that she is beautiful just the way that she is. She does not have to change her outer appearance to please anybody that what what God considers success is for you to have a healthy and abundant life. That does not mean money. That does not mean cars. That what society and the world considers success, that is not success because that is what ruins us that is what gets us off focus that is what makes us focus more on on earthly things and on you know what pleases people and pleases everybody else but God and that's when we feel overwhelmed and feel like we're not meeting the marks or meeting these measurements because of the fact that we are so focused on what other people and society says is success and I don't want her to focus on that I want her to know that Spending time with her family, being able to have time to spend with your family, that's abundant living. That's life. Me being able to be here with her and to listen to her, even though sometimes she will go off on a tangent with a story. God is like, but Hannah, you do the same thing. <laughs> like she is you. She is watching you. And you don't want her to feel bad about that. You know, I consider myself to be that awkward black introvert. You know, um, that female awkward black introvert uh, that is in the back and shies away from meeting new people. And so, like, sometimes I see Skyland do the same thing where she's just like, hi. I'm like, when since you became shy? You know, but again, 
I think it's something that she may pick up from me. So I have to be bold. I have to go out there so that she sees like, hey, my mom holds her head high when she walks confidently. I'm going to do the same thing because I admire my mother. And that's a blessing. That is a blessing to have my child admire me and to look up to me. And that is why I have to be so careful about the things that I say and I do to not unintentionally hurt her feelings in any way. Because I've seen myself do that. Not like I said, unintentionally. Uh, We were in the store the other day and I was looking at um, decorative pillows to put in the living room and she just wanted to give me a hug. And Skylin always wants to just give me a hug. She's a very affectionate child. And I think I've shared with you all that I, although I am a very loving and affectionate person, I'm not a touchy feely person. And so um, she was hugging me in the store and I was just like, Sky, can we, can we please shop? And the, the, her face just like dropped. And immediately God was like, why? So I said, I'm so sorry, baby. Give me a hug. And I hugged her. We just stood there in the store hugging for about maybe a good two or three minutes. And I told her, I said, I'm sorry. I said, was your love tank empty? And she said, yes. And I, and that love tank empty thing is something that I said to her. I said, whenever you feel that your love tank is running low or empty, you know, you come to me. I told her to do it and she did it. And I was just like, uh, can we shop? And I had to remind myself, it's going to come a time when your daughter is not going to want to spend time with you. I mean, in that time, honestly, may never come. But if I continue to push her away while she's younger now because I'm too busy with doing something else and not allowing myself to change the agenda for her, then it is, it, I will see that. I will see that time come where she's not going to want to spend time with me. But if I cultivate it now, if I give her what she needs now, then she's going to know I can always come to my mom and I can always talk to her just in the middle. She can be in the middle of cooking and I can come to her to give her a hug and she'll stop what she'll do, what she's doing to hug me. My child can't say that right now, which is horrible. So y'all continue to pray for me because I, I realize she's watching me and what I do with her is what she's going to learn how to do as well. You know, um, and so it has been a reflection. I am grateful for the past 10 years. I have learned so much from her. Um, There's a lot of things that I don't want to say that I regret um, because it's not about living in regrets, but it's about learning from the mistakes. Uh, That that is the thing. You know, that is key to know that failure is just an opportunity to learn. And so I have taken this time to look back over the past 10 years on things that I would like to do differently and do better going forward. And so that is what this has mean to, meant to me this these past 10 years. And I got about a maybe another eight. <laughs> Hopefully I will do better in the next next two or three that um, I will have the next eight to just share new memories with her. And she won't just be like, oh, I'm girl, uh-uh, I don't have time for you now. I'm, I'm going to be with my friends because I don't want to hear that. I really don't. So, but I hope you guys got something out of today's episode. Like I said, it was very special to me um, just to talk about what I've learned um, over the past 10 years of being a mother and being able to celebrate my daughter uh, on her double digits <laughs> on her 10th birthday. It was it was a great experience and it was a lot of love, laughter and learning. 
And so um, I hope you got something out of today's message or episode. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, But if you want to connect with me, like I said, you can always send your listener letters to hannahsworld00 at gmail.com. I am also on Instagram at hannahsworld00. And I do have a Facebook page. You can look for Hannah's World um, on Facebook, um, too. And, oh, if you guys haven't heard yet, for those of you who may not be following me on Instagram or Facebook, I don't know why you're not, but you should. Um, I have uh, started a new project with my friend Tara Body, and we have a show called Love Essentials. You should go check it out. We are talking about all different aspects of relationships. And the first relationship we decided to start with was marriage because that is the foundation, right? And so anyways, you can check us out on Love Essentials on Facebook or The Love Essentials on Instagram. Go follow us, check us out, like, subscribe. Oh, by the way, we're also on YouTube with Love Essentials. So go subscribe, hit the notification button so you can find out when the episodes drop. There's already two episodes out there. Tune in next Wednesday um, at 12 o'clock. That's uh, when episodes for Love Essentials drops all the time. So anyways, until next time, guys, peace out, world. Peace out.